0: 13th of April in the year of our Lord, 2021, and it's just gone half past 11 in the morning here in the UK. We're back with our Good Life Health show, and my co-host, as always, is the lovely Clive Carl. How are you, Clive?
1: I'm in good form, thank you very much. Yes, everything is good. sun's shining. Everything's great.
0: Exactly. We, 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 um, did we miss the week last week? No, I don't think we did, but I did have people come on to the show, uh, message me and say they were, you know, we do talk a lot about adult health and how to get through this COVID and what vitamins we should be taking. And um, some of the listeners are asking, well, what about kids? What should kids, what are kids generally missing these days? And what should they be taking?
1: Okay, well, if we start really young, Let's, let's say we start with uh, a newborn. Okay. Um, they clearly should be breastfeeding, if at all possible. And some women try to breastfeed and it doesn't seem to be possible. It, it appears that they give up too early in, in some cases. Now, if if it's just impossible, maybe milk can be expressed. If, if that's not working and it has to be from an outside source, then uh, uh, finding... Um, uh, a wet nurse finding somebody else who is still giving milk but their child no longer needs it and getting it from another human being would be a brilliant way to do it you know wet nurse used to be a serious profession back in the day otherwise if it was going to be for an animal then sheep's milk supposedly is better than goat's milk which is better than cow's milk And I'm sure there are other milks, like camel's milk, uh, but I've not looked into that uh, uh, deeply. But the big mistake would be if people tried to give formula, you know, dried formula. There are more minerals in formula for puppies than there are in most formulas for humans. And um, it's very, very unfortunate that many children haven't been given a good start in life because they were fed formula rather than a more natural approach.
0: Oh, that makes me feel, because when I, that's, you see, when I was pregnant with both of my two children, um, I had one was cesarean, became very ill with infection, and they were having to put me through uh, steroids and antibiotics, uh, that was, and I had, yes, yeah, cesarean with Elise, because she was breech, and um, with Jack, He, um, again, extremely, extremely ill through infections in my lungs, steroids and antibiotics. And the doctor, the, the midwives and everything started them immediately off on the organic formula. And they told me that I wasn't to breastfeed because of the steroids and the antibiotics and I wouldn't be able to. So there's always been that big thing with me that I've, I don't know, I didn't do the job properly, kind of. But at the time I was following doctor's orders. I was extremely ill after it, with my asthma and my lungs, because back then I was getting pneumonia all the time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I didn't really know, didn't do anything about my natural health. And, you know, it's really since, since first speaking to you, Clive, you turned my life around and I understand about health. And I, I was understanding about it, how relevant it was when I did wake up. But sadly, when my babies were born, I didn't have Clive to Carl around to um, guide me in the right direction. So I am very, very thankful. I'm very grateful that they're two healthy children, never any problems. And they've never been vaccinated since then. We never go to the doctors. They are both very, very healthy people. So I had a, I had a lucky escape because it could have gone another way, wouldn't you say, Clive?
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, for women who give birth via cesarean, I think the single most important thing is to, for the women to take their vaginal fluids and rub them into the eyes, and well, rub them in, into the nose, rather, I should say, in the mouth of the baby uh, to uh, establish the proper bacterial balance that they would have picked up if they had been born normally. Then um, when it comes to a time where a child is going on to a solid foods, it's important to understand that they should always be given each food separately. It would be foolish to, let's say, get you know as many mothers do—they get a jar of you know some sort of mixed baby food, you know, mixed fruits or something like that. But the problem with feeding a child with a mixture of things is that they can't tell you, well, I like the cherries, but I didn't like the apricots. They can't do that. But if you give them every fruit, or vegetable, or whatever it is, individually, then they can show you what they like and don't like. And of course that preference may change you know at some point in their lives they might suddenly like mushrooms and olives and things that more grown-up people tend to like um but uh, uh you know people really create problems for their child by giving them mixed up things so they get a stomach upset but the mother's got no idea what's causing it and it just goes on and on and on they think well that's normal you know every time I have a meal I get bloated or I start farting or something and so there's some very simple lessons to be learned from a food perspective. I mean, if somebody gave you yeah. a, a baby to look after and said, "Look, it's ju- just just be- being weaned," you know, would you poison the baby? Well, of course you wouldn't poison the baby. But people are accidentally poisoning their own babies and themselves and their mums by buying food that's not 100% natural. You know, if it's got a flavouring in or a colouring in. Uh, there can be absolute disaster. And let let me tell you, um, let me talk about a few of the additives they put in commonly to food and what the dangers are. So there was a study done some time ago on the yellow colouring, which is tartrazine. And it turns out that um, tartrazine basically takes out zinc when you put it in the body uh, but um, uh, Dr. Ward, Dr. Neil Ward from the University of Surrey, did a study. And he found that um, there were emotional and behavioral changes in every single child who consumed tartrazine. Every single one had emotional and behavioral changes. Out of 10 children studied, four had severe reactions. Three experienced an outbreak of eczema. Uh, asthma attacks within 45 minutes of ingestion. Now, how many people are eating, you know, it could be almost any food you can think of that's got some sort of colouring agent in it, and their child's got eczema, their child's got asthma, and they've not put it together. They thing, think, oh, well, it must be DNA or something like that. So let, let me run through uh, a, a few of the uh, the ones that are really well-known for it take um monosodium glutamate for instance you know the one they put in the chinese foods to sort of make make them more attractive msg and, yeah
0: the msg
1: msg there are now like 130 different names for that it can be called natural flavorings it can be called yeast extract it can be called loads of names that sound absolutely fine right what's wrong with natural flavorings well the food industry of course is so corrupt uh or the you know, the corruption at government level has been brought about by lobbyists from the food industry who have um, managed to persuade baby food producers to put MSG in their products. Now, uh, apparently, most of the baby products manufacturers have stopped putting MSG in baby food, but they're putting sugar in baby food. You know, children uh, do not miss sugar if they've never had it. You know, one wants to try and reduce the exposure to sugar as long as possible. But unfortunately, you know, grandma wants to give chocolate to the, the, the new kid, or you know, there's a lot of pressure from outside to give them sweet things. And if you can resist that completely, they don't know what they're missing. And later on in life, uh, they may not want the sugary thing so much if they weren't initially brought up on the idea that that's normal. So... Uh yeah you know, what are the risks of sugar well i'd I say possibly brain damage to some degree certainly inflammation and if your brain's inflamed you know a lot of people's eight, a lot of people's problems health problems will stop are really sugar based and as major problems happen because of teeth problems you know giving sweet things to children is a recipe for disaster for their whole lives. I've had loads of mothers come up to me and said, You know, I thought I was doing a really good thing when I started persuading my child to drink kombucha. I go to their health food stop, shop and I get organic kombucha, and then their baby teeth rotted away because of the, the acid.
0: That's incredible. So the kombucha is more like a, um, it's a, uh, It's a bit like a yoghurt, isn't it? Isn't it
1: kombucha? It's for the gut. No, you're thinking of milk kefir. Oh, Uh, kefir. Sorry. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so what's Uh, kombucha? I can't remember what... Kombucha kombucha
1: is is often... You can make it from lots of things, but often it's black tea and uh, uh, sugar, and then there's uh, like a... What they call a scooby. It's a sort of fungal growth, probably a symbiosis of loads of organisms, uh, and that um, basically... um, distills the the sugar into uh, vinegar and but of course children don't like vinegar so they tend to get it ferment it to the point where it's very it's still sweet they haven't burned off all the sugar but you're getting quite a lot of acidity and the combination of the sugar and the acidity is a disaster for some children's teeth so uh, I say the longer you can hold off from allowing, any, you know, I'd be a Nazi about it. No, the card can't have that. Don't bring it in the house. Don't show it to them. You know, I, I I would be fairly strong on on that. Right. Um. One of the problems is that most dentists are psychopaths. Yeah. And they're deliberately drilling and filling for money, and uh, so you want to avoid them. Um. Obviously, there are some honest ones, but they're hard to find.
0: Yeah, that's very true, actually, very true. Okay, so we've got to uh, we've done newborn, we've done up to teething. Now we're coming to coming into preschool, or junior nursery school.
1: Um, well, by the time they have got to that sort of age, maybe some of them might have been unfortunate enough to have been given a drug from the doctor. Maybe, you know like you, the doctor gave an antibiotic, and you know, it was an antibiotic 35 years ago that almost killed me, just one course. And of course, if you've had a an antibiotic or, or a lot of different drugs from the doctor, that affects your bacteria in the gut. And they say that 80% of your ability to heal, your immune system, is actually in the gut. So if they've damaged that, people aren't going to be so well. So they're The idea of taking probiotics, for some people, particularly if they've had antibiotics, you know, anti-life, you want a probiotic or pro-life, so that you can get a spray for a baby, for example, because if if the child is born uh, by caesarean, then um, there's a lot of evidence, and evidence has been around for a long time, that just spraying some little bit of probiotic in water uh, into the baby's mouth... Uh, will seed uh, the the probiotics uh, that that should have been there in more quantity. Equally, fulvic minerals feed your own probiotics. I mean, do you really want probiotics necessarily from a cow, or would you like your own probiotics multiplied naturally? So, fulvic minerals, because they've got minerals like uh, yttrium in there, which the human body doesn't use, but the bacteria in the human body uses. So you can regrow your own probiotics by using essentially um, soil-based probiotics. You know, our ancestors would have been in the forest picking leaves and you know fruits and stuff, and they would have got lots of natural bacteria uh, in that way. They probably would have been fermenting foods to keep them over a, a winter or keep them, things in very hot weather. You know, you make chutneys and pickles and cheeses and hams and so on they last a lot longer than if they're fresh so we would have got a lot more bacteria than we currently do and uh, so i think uh considering probiotics researching a little bit probiotics would be an an interesting way to go um because most of us have got a damaged gut you know anybody who can't get along with the food they can't get along with wheat or gluten or whatever it might be, the chances are that they've got a, essentially a gut problem where the bacteria that should be there doing the work isn't. So I think that's yeah. uh, an element. I would say anybody who's got whose child's got asthma, anybody who's got a skin issue, um, there are so many foods, as just going back uh, briefly to what foods to avoid, anything that's got colours in it. I mean... Uh, Loads of things like apricots have got sulfites in it, you know, that it's a preservative. And so, for some people, that can drop their blood pressure and create tingling throughout the body, you know, and give them all sorts of breathing problems, bronchial issues. You know, if they get a redness of the skin, you know, there, there are things that give nausea, you know, headaches, chest pains. It's just the list is incredible of just the common colors. You know, that, that are in foods or, or the chemicals, you know, if you get preserved foods like preserved meats, you know, salamis or whatever, uh, anything in a can, cured meats, they use potassium nitrate, which is one of the ingredients of in gunpowder. And you start mixing potassium nitrate uh, with other substances, you can get something called uh, nitrosamines, which are known carcinogenic, you know, known cancer causing you know, they it, it's stuff that will atrophy you, you know, your adrenal glands, which are super important. So, any cured meats, you know, are, are a real danger if cancer is something that you're worried about. It's, um, it you know, we really have to stand up to the, the big agriculture and refuse to buy the stuff. I mean, you know, people are still using saccharin, for instance, well that's been proved years ago. Uh, Uh, by by the cancer research people to to be a carcinogen you know people just don't realize and aspartame you know the 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 most common sweetener uh you know for some people it's absolutely deadly it's incredible that people would allow uh their children to drink sugar-free anything or eat sugar-free sugar-free means lots of chemicals instead
0: yes yes absolutely and we've got to remember they they've also changed the name of aspartame, aspartame i do believe they've got other it's going, being slipped in there under the guise of other names thinking people won't notice um but it, it's in everything i mean people just think of aspartame in the um in the low in, in, in like cans of drink but i mean you find it in pasta sauces and things like that all sorts of places you'll find aspartame
1: well it's we're going the way of america where you go to america and you go shopping and everything is sweet you know you can't get bread that doesn't have sugar in you know the idea of english bread without sugar you know and almost everything is has sugar added because you know the psychological studies are if you let's say you've got something you want to appeal to children well, if you add yellow coloring like tartrazine you add some sugar they'll want it you know, many, many times more than they otherwise would. You know, we're fooled by our eyes and we're fooled by anything sweet.
0: Yes, indeed. So we're going to, we've done, we've done kindergarten. So now we're kind of into pre-high school. Let's see, let's do junior school. Okay, um, yep. So hormones maybe are starting to come in they're going to be mixing a lot more with other children we've got the childhood illnesses um that's generally junior school time
1: okay well let's talk about that because um there is no reason that any any child should ever have an illness not necessarily because um what has been observed over decades is that Children properly fed on a a natural diet don't really get ill. Um, I mean, when I discovered, just for instance, that I was low on vitamin D in winter, and I started taking vitamin D. It was the only change I made. uh, I never got a cold ever again, ever. Because vitamin C does the job of keeping your body healthy enough so you don't need to catch a cold. There's there's no need because uh, you're healthy.
0: Was that vitamin C or D there, Clive? Sorry what you say. I was talking about
1: D there D. in particular. That was for me. But you know, if people are getting colds, they're probably low on D, very probably low on vitamin C, and quite conceivably low on zinc. Now, most children are low on those things, because, and most adults, because we're not getting fresh food. So if foods aren't really, really fresh, like picked right now, just this morning then the vitamins have already deteriorated significantly. So there's almost no way that anybody can get enough vitamins these days. And then with kids, let's say, let's say they're running around a lot. Let's say they're really active and they're sweating a lot because they're running around. So what's happening there? Well, they're sweating out the minerals. They're sweating them right out through the skin. And when marathon runners drop dead at the end of the race, it's because they've had a heart attack because they've sweated out all the magnesium that was allowing their heart to beat properly.
0: Oh, so, really? I had, I didn't even think of things like that. Right, okay, that makes
1: sense. Yeah, what, what happened is that uh, calcium basically uh, is part of the mechanism of making a, a heart beat and contract, and then magnesium, because it relaxes everything, allows the relaxation of the beat. So, you know, when people are found dead in the desert, we think, oh, they must have been so dehydrated that they died from lack of water. No it was that they were so dehydrated, they sweated out the last bit of magnesium and their heart seized up. That's what a heart attack is when when it just seizes and can't unbeat. And so that's why intelligent emergency room doctors would inject somebody having a heart attack with magnesium, because within a second or two, it would release the heart. And save Am I option. right in
0: thinking um, if somebody's having a heart attack as well, you get a spoonful of K? Cayenne pepper. I'm sure I read that back yes. in the day.
1: Exactly. I used to carry um, red pepper, uh, cayenne pepper, around with me all the time in case somebody had a heart attack. And you can just get a teaspoonful of cayenne pepper, dissolve it in, in a bit of lukewarm water or something, stir it up super quick, tip tip the person up. They can be dead. Tip them up and shove the uh, liquid down their throat. And apparently, uh, 99% of the time. Oh. they will recover from a heart attack, and they'll be very, 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 very angry, of course, because you've just poured chili pepper down their throat.
2: (laughs) But they're they're alive. Alive
1: alive and angry, which is better than dead and angry. So, um, yeah, Uh absolutely. Um, I used to carry around a tincture of it. I'd, uh, you know, soaked a load of cayenne in, in some brandy for a while, and I thought, well, that'll be even more effective. But, you know, probably most people have got a heart attack remedy, recovery remedy, in the cupboard in the form of cayenne pepper. If you haven't got some, go out and get some.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've got, um, I've got the cayenne pepper in there. You
1: know, there. There are people whose heart has stopped beating and they've coughed their way to the emergency room because with each cough, you you get one heartbeat.
0: Wow, I, mean, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, also, all sorts of weird things... Um, so yeah. So
0: apparently, I don't know if this is true, but this is one of my my son's factoids. He said, because I said, "Can you smell toast? Burning toast?" He went, "Mummy, are you okay? You're going to have a stroke." So what are you talking about? He said, "I mean, you you smell you smell burning toast, and that's that's a sign you're going to have a stroke." I've never heard anything so ridiculous, but apparently he's adamant that that's a thing. Do you get funny sensations before having a major like? illness or attack of something
1: uh, well uh, uh, <clears throat> most people have warning signs you know uh, heart attack yeah. heart attacks about to happen often find they've got a pain around their left shoulder area you know there are there, there right. are lots of signs and symptoms of something about to
0: happen i've never heard of that though smell it's the change of smell you can smell yeah. it you i don't know
1: I, I, I have I have heard things like that. I can't remember whether it was burnt toast, but yes, I did. That, oh, really? Absolutely okay. ring some bells. And I a lot that. of people, just just while we're on smell, a lot yeah. of people who got these sort of flu-like symptoms known as COVID that uh, meant they lost their sense of smell, in some cases lost that their taste.
0: Sense taste. Yeah.
1: This is a zinc deficiency. It's simple. <laughs> it's a zinc deficiency, which is why that hydrochloroquine and zinc remedy Um, that was touted, you know, I think the zinc had a big part to do with it. But but of course the doctors can't admit that because they want a drug to work. Of
0: course, no, of course they can't. I mean, they're just struggling now. I think they really are. And I think they're going to become, I think they should start getting very, very, very nervous really for what they've done because they're not, they can't, I mean, I'm still stunned that people are still buying into this, but uh, they, they are. But I think a lot of people are now seeing that they've been conned. they've lost their business um, normal flu season we're now getting the real flu figures out for 20, uh, 2020 and 2021 which have been it's eradicated there is no flu there is no pneumonia um,
1: exactly let I let think things
0: have got to be done. yeah, carry on clive sorry right. yeah
1: let, let, let's go back to the children because yes. one of the big things. Is you want your child to be what you want them to be confident, you know, yeah. with, with you're properly confident through knowledge. You want them to be as intelligent as possible, quick witted, quick thinking, all that. Yeah. Now, how do you achieve that in with one tiny thing? What well, iodine, iodine, and and the proof of this has been in for you know absolutely decades and decades that iodine improves intelligence. And mothers, even the doctors know this. Mothers. Who give birth to a child when they're clinically low on iodine, the child will have not just a low IQ, but there's a word for it, it's called cretinism. Child is born a crétin, which means mentally defective. And this what this is right. it's on the books. Doctors know it. Uh, iodine deficiency, crétinism. So So
0: why uh, aren't doctors telling mums to take iodine during their pregnancy? Just because asking.
1: if What's that happening? happened, if that happened, then the vast majority of the thyroid problems and you know you've got to remember that part, big part of the business is uh, chronic illnesses like what they think you know they think the thyroid problems is cro- a chronic illness it's generally very often it started off with low iodine and everybody's low on iodine and if your child is swimming in the swimming pool let's say full of chlor full of chlorine that will deplete their iodine levels significantly if if you're in a fluoride area uh, if your tooth- toothpaste is fluoridated, uh, and remember that some children have a strawberry-flavored toothpaste, which they swallow afterwards. So they're swallowing fluoride, which wipes out the, the iodine in your body. And the iodine primarily is in the thyroid gland. And if you haven't got enough iodine, and the, the, the thyroid gland is now growing to try and suck more out of the air. Um, people put on weight. They have you know they get hyper hyperthyroid or even hyperthyroid they're put on drugs from the the doctor like levothyroxine and told you're going to be on this for the rest of your life and when you know in many cases all it was was an iodine deficiency and a year's supply of iodine is going to cost you less than 20 quid for a year's worth you know iodine is what they paint on wounds after surgery yeah, slap it on with a paintbrush. You know, it's incredibly safe. Well, we stuff. talked about
0: it yesterday. We talked about it yesterday. Uh, not yesterday, last week, live. We were talking, we were discussing iodine. And then
1: we so were important. saying,
0: can you take too much of it?
1: Yeah, and you can, of course. Yeah. You can take too much of anything. But uh, I would suggest that people study it. There's a great video called Iodine Why You Need It, Why You Can't Live Without It. Iodine Why You Need It, Dr. Brownstein. Everybody should watch that and get an education. Of why they need iodine, and it's everybody, you know, it's pretty much everybody, and um, the research shows it's over ninety-five percent of Americans, over ninety-five percent, and I'm, it's got to be the same here. You know, if you, you know, all you got to do is shower in chlorinated water that's not filtered, and you'll be low on mm-hmm. iodine, and um, so massive for children's intelligence, and um, the 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 right amount of iodine. Uh, would be about 12 milligrams a day in water. And how you work these things out for a child, obviously you do all the research. You don't go on what I'm saying. You research this in depth. I'm just telling you what the experts have often found. Um, that uh, uh, 12 milligrams, which is like a couple of drops of Lugol's iodine, uh, is great for for an adult on a, as a daily thing. And for a child, you do it by weight. If a child's a quarter of your weight, you give it a, uh, a quarter of what would be a, an adult amount. But there's more to it. As we discussed last week, you need to know about selenium. You want to, have to take that as well, understa- understanding what you're doing here, because you are at a fundamental level altering your hormones, but in a positive way. You know, the iodine is, a, is related to every hormone a child or an adult has. You know, the lot, all of them Breast, uh, the, the in women. Uh, Iodine's second home is the breasts, so isn't it unusual that Japanese women, who have a lot of iodine with all the seaweed and fish they're eating, uh, have incredibly little breast cancer compared to the rest, and the benefits are across the board, and for children, understanding that iodine could drastically improve their intelligence, and I mean drastically, it's super important that everybody has knowledge of this incredibly inexpensive, incredibly safe, if you know what you're doing, material and yeah. so that you know that the other ones are how many children are stressed right how many are stressed out at school in life right. well could could it be that they're just low on magnesium right some children lack energy you know the other children are running around yes and, and some aren't well what what could that be well um it could be explained if they're vegan some vegans do great but others have great difficulty getting the uh, B vitamins, the amino acids, the peptides from foods. You know, getting, getting these things from uh, meat or animal products is fairly easy because the body, you're, you're, you're getting it in an animal form, which is what we need. You can get it from beans and vegetable materials, but the body has to go through quite a few processes to make it I mean, you've got to remember that, take a bean, for example, or a seed. Now, they are, the plant producing the bean or the seed has two strategies. One strategy is that the bird or the animal or the human who eats that seed will pull it out somewhere, a long way from the original plant, covered in manure, and it will grow. That's one strategy. You know, spread your seeds far and wide, and you know, the birds will drop them. So, yeah. But the other strategy is to make the seeds, the outside of the seeds or the beans, so poisonous that no bird or animal would want to eat it in the first place. And examples of this would be, for instance, the kidney bean. You know, if somebody eats more than about half a dozen kidney beans, they die. Yeah. You know?
0: Really? I had to, I, didn't, I don't like kidney, kidney beans, uh, uh, so I uh, don't know
1: yeah. about those. Yeah. R- raw kidney beans are poisonous. It's, I, th- I don't know whether there any other oh. beans are, but raw kidney beans are poisonous. So, similarly, uh, for some people, other things are poisonous. For some people, the seeds of tomatoes and the skins of tomatoes are a problem. The people who yeah. have a problem with the nightshade family, the ones that don't get along with aubergines, tomatoes, potatoes... The, um it's the skins that are the problem for them, because the skin, let's say, of a potato, is designed so that insects don't like it and don't go to the good bit in the middle.
0: That's uh, interesting. My niece, she can't eat potatoes. It can make, they make her really, really ill. She can't have potatoes. She's okay with sweet potatoes. Can't have potatoes. I've obviously got chronic nut allergy, like, well, just... I, I, I can't use anything with even hazelnut extract in. I go into, I mean, I've had two anaphylactic shocks, I think, in my life. Um, yeah. So I've got a horrendous nut allergy. And then my niece has got a, an allergy to potatoes, which is quite bizarre, I thought. But now you oh, kind of it, it, it may be the
1: skins. It may be the skins that are her problem. It may be the whole fruit. You know, there, there's a small percentage of people who are allergic yeah. to those foods. And what it is, is it you know it it is the protective layer you know instead of encouraging the bird to eat it it is disencouraging it and so grains are a good example of something that essentially is poisonous and you know when we were hunter-gatherers and living in the forest we'd move probably move seasonally you know in the winter we might move down to the sea where there's always fish in the sea to eat in when it gets really hot we probably want to be away from the sea Uh, you know up a little hill or a mountain somewhere where it's cooler you know we would have moved around but when when they discovered they could uh make grass seeds big enough to eat and turn into wheat and so on then we were enslaved at that point agriculture meant that we could be enslaved and settled in one place and that's where we are now eating a food that in the past we 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 wouldn't have been collecting little grass seeds and grinding them up and baking them in the oven, sort of thing. It just wasn't what we did. We we're way more likely to have hunted animals, looked for eggs. You know, Easter egg hunt. You know, it's when, at the beginning of the season where the kids get mad because they, they can now eat eggs. I think we would have had a very different diet that would have been without grains. But saying that, when I was young, I'm sixty-seven. When I was young, uh, we, we ate white bread with butter, jam, and honey, and at, at all sorts of rubbish foods but i never met anybody who had a problem with wheat ever yeah you know, because now uh. Uh, the food is so different so it could be that your child uh, is one of these people who does not get on with wheat and just going gluten-free it that's that's a sort of a distraction i reckon that a lot of the chemicals they spray you know in agricultural uh, fields that goes into the wheat actually is probably being at most sucked into the gluten. So people are still getting poisoned, They're not getting poisoned nearly so much. So they think the gluten, well, I can cope with gluten-free. It's not the gluten. Nobody ever used to really, as far as I'm aware, have a problem with gluten. So if you can buy bread for your child, you know, if you're making sandwiches or something, buy preferably a bread that is um, from an old variety, not not the modern hybridized, we misspelled might be better. Um,
0: it's because some people also get allergies to um, pineapples as well. There are a lot of people who can't eat pineapple, aren't
1: there? Um, is it that they're allergic pineapples. to pineapple or is it that they're allergic to the chemicals that have the pineapple's been grown in? You know, with everything, it's worth looking in depth as to. Is it really an allergy or is it, for instance, a shortage of vitamin C? Is it that they're, they're having pineapple juice that's got tartrazine or, or some chemical added to it you know what is it is it out of a tin you know what's what's really going on uh, but clearly some people have some unusual allergies there are people who are allergic to cucumbers and radishes and the effects often are felt 4 days later so they never make the connection but i mean an interesting one to talk about i think is milk because again when i was young i don't remember anybody having a problem drinking milk you know we always get a bottle of milk at school You know, a break time, and I don't remember anybody saying I can't drink this. It was just
0: no, neither do I actually. I don't remember.
1: But now, Uh, obviously, yeah, we
0: had milk time.
1: Yeah. So, so what? What's changed? Well, cows, the cows have changed dramatically. They've bred them every year. They've hybridised them to make more and more and more and more milk, right? As you would a farmer, and this is great up to a point. But it gets to a point where now. The what is a natural cow has become quite unbalanced, and yes, the cow may be producing twice as much milk as the same that a great great grandmother 20 years ago did, but at what cost? Well, it's the cost usually is in the quality of the milk, you know, there's a change to the fat ratio, you know, the, the ratios can get way out of balance. So, when I was young, the definition of milk was that it was a creamy color and would have, you know, quite a big head of cream on the top, which would be so, you know, dark, creamy colour. and it would That taste... would be
0: always be a winner on the cereals. I remember when we were children, it was who would always get the top of the milk for their cereal. Exactly. Anyway, exactly.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, you know, we wouldn't have done that if it wasn't the fact it tastes really great or tasted really great. <laughs> so, you know, the good cows are the, are the brown ones often. You know, the Jerseys, you know, the Guernseys are really good. And... The, the, the how to judge a cow was always rated by its fat content if it was uh, a cow made to eat then the you know a good steak would have lots of yellow marbled fat running through it that was normal now now that's you know we've been educated that's wrong but the education was the part that was wrong and then cream you know what what uh, compare cream to politicians you know, what rises to the top ah but right. either, either the cream or the scum and the cream or also- <laughs>
0: generally the scum with the politics side yeah
1: well you know yeah the scum has risen to the top and stayed there so cream is a good thing you know there used to be clinics back in, 200 years ago in the Alps where you go for a dairy cure and of course the cows there weren't wouldn't be eating grass you know ask any child what a cows eating they'd be wrong because cows naturally would eat pasture Cows will eat the leaves off trees. They love the leaves off trees. They eat the wildflowers, they eat the herbs, they eat the mushrooms, they eat everything. But most cows are being fed on grass. They're using chemicals to kill all the weeds, stop the competition. And the farmers are believing that grass is, is enough, you know, or soya is enough because the indoor cows who haven't seen the sunshine, they're being fed poison, in my opinion. And they can legally feed them genetically modified poison as well you know, so it's anyway, really? Oh absolutely, animals can be I fed. I Yeah, so you don't want to buy any, any farmed animal that has been fed this stuff. Yeah. You know, cows don't eat soya, but it's the cheapest food to give them, so they're eating soya whether it's healthy for them or not. And then maybe they're losing weight, so what does the farmer do? The non-organic farmer, the traditional supermarket farmer will inject the animal with antibiotics, not because it's ill but because antibiotics make you fat They put on weight for cow. so there's
0: this
1: whole yeah. there's this whole thing going on that because the supermarkets want the cheapest product now most milk in the supermarket is white. It's no longer creamy coloured. That's because they're using the Holsteins or whichever the most highly bred, intensively reared uh, animal there is, uh, and it's all about quantity. And so that means that some people now just just are ill when they eat milk. They they can't handle it's not because cows have suddenly become bad it's because what well, well they have in a sense but they yeah. have yeah yeah so it it's it's a difficult thing and again um, uh, sheep's milk um, goats milk better but the problem is that some people believe that soya milk or almond milk or cashew milk or oat milk is good for baby well it's not milk it's plant juice totally different thing to to milk right human milk that you want to feed your baby or young child um you know the idea that a vegetable juice is milk it is misleading people and the children yeah. who were brought up on soya formula who are now let's say 25 30 years old a lot of them have uh, real problems reproducing both men and women uh, infertile because soya is, is an artificial estrogen so you don't want to give your children soya sausages uh, most bread in packets is often forty forty percent soya. You'd think it's wholemeal flour or something, but it's not. It's often soya. So it's a dangerous old world feeding your children wow. these things. And the best thing is to it grow is. your own. Uh, you know, there are, there are many ways that you can eat healthily and grow your own, even without a garden. You know, sprouting seeds, sprouting uh, beans of, of any any kind, but not kidney beans. Uh, you can create food from nothing. I mean, I quite like chickpeas. They don't terribly agree with me. I tend to fart if I eat chickpeas, but I quite like hummus. And I can take, let's say, 100 grams of chickpeas, soak them in water for a day. They're, they're, they're now probably they've grown, they've come alive from being dormant. Now they're 300 grams. By the next, if I rinse them, leave them uh, dry but a, a tiny bit damp, so to speak, not soaking in water for the next day, uh, they will have gone up probably to four times the weight of what they were. So food becomes very cheap. I'm not a fan of beans. I interviewed a champion surfer, world champion type surfer, and I asked him, what do you eat? And he said, well, I can tell you what not to eat. And he said, well, I, I, all my colleagues who eat beans don't do nearly as well as the ones who eat meat as as a source of protein. And he was 100% convinced
0: about it. That's amazing, Clive. So, okay, so we we've we've done like junior school. Now they're going to be getting their they're going to. This is the time where they're more likely to get their measles, and their mumps. Chicken pox is generally just before then, isn't it? The chicken pox, uh, which now they're saying everything has to be vaccinated against.
1: Well, this is just rubbish. So, I
0: mean,
1: it, I mean, I mean let's have a look at what chicken pox is. What happens when a child gets chickenpox? What Quite often, uh, when I was young, uh, mothers used to send us to chickenpox parties or measles parties or whatever, the idea being that you got it young, you got over it, and then you'd have protection for the rest of your life. That was what was believed normal all the time I was growing up. You exposed your children to whatever it was, and they'd become, you know, get a natural immunity by having experienced it. So, what's really going on? So, there's a child's party. And half the children come down the chicken German measles, whatever it is. Now, um, traditionally, it was always believed with measles that it was a line of maturity. And parents used to say that after the measles, my child was, it was like they went from childhood to adulthood. Their level of maturity came as a result of measles. Now, I can't exactly explain why, but um, one of the problems with measles is that children can go blind. And so they cured measles, I don't know, 50 more years ago. And they stopped the blindness. Let's say a child's blind. They've been blind for a day or two. By giving them megadoses of vitamin A, they were recovering the children's eyesight because that was the problem they needed. They were low on vitamin A. And then uh, to cure the, uh, you know, what you might call the viral-like symptoms, uh, temperatures and so on, uh, they used vitamin C. But let's look at what's really going on. Spots come out, right? Now, what happens if, we all know what happens if you eat foods that are really bad for you. You come out in spots. A lot of people come out in spots, right? They eat the bad food. So what, what's that happening? Well, the food is so unnatural, the body can't poo it out or pee it out or breathe it out or sweat it out as normal. It's the only way it can let it come. is coming out in a spot and now it literally ejects it from the body. Same with a boil, for example. It comes to the surface and gets ejected. And people eating or uh, well, people who get chickenpox, or German measles, now they're getting little tiny, like boil-like things all over their bodies. So it's pretty clear the body is ejecting something. So could it be that chicken the purpose of chickenpox is to eject poisons, and in the same way that you take 50 women, or 20 women or 10 women, and put them in the same house together? Within a month or so, or two months, they've all—they're all getting their periods at the same time. They've all got into the, the exact same rhythm, same as you take a hundred metronomes, put them in a room. Within about an hour, they're all ticking at the same rate. We have this vibrational thing, and we pick up on people's energies, don't we? You know, you can walk in a room and get a bad feeling. You—we're we're very sensitive to. The frequencies of things and what's going on around us. So there is the argument that uh, the child, one child gets um, measles, ch- chickenpox at the party, and the other one doesn't. What's the difference? Could it be that one needed to detox? So when the opportunity, the frequency of detoxification, was there, particularly at children's party, where they're probably stuffing themselves with sugary stuff and all the foods that we know are really bad for us are given to children as a treat for birthday parties. So could it be that that massive sugar rush, combined with being in the room with a lot of other people who need to detox, could be why some children get it and some don't? Some don't stuff their faces and maybe never have, but some of them really are sugar addicts. Because what happens if you eat too much sugar it depletes your zinc? Knocks your zinc out. What happens with your z- when your zinc's out? Uh, is your immune system doesn't work properly, and you can't repair. You get colds, and you get, you know, infections. of uh. Uh, It's. I don't think everything is quite as it seems. I mean, as I say, since I changed one thing, taking vitamin D in winter, I've never had any sort of cold or flu or cough or sniffle or anything at all. And that, yeah. you know, but most people also need to add these other things. You know, pretty much everything we've been talking about. Everybody's low on what I'm talking about isn't difficult to figure out because it's pretty much all of us. We're all I know
0: it's all me. you just make so much sense, Clive. What you say, it's totally you, the way you you break it down. You make it so simple. It's like, oh yeah, it's one of the oh yeah. I didn't think of that, but it is. It's literally that, Clive. You know, it's you you're, you're spot on every time. Well, I think we need to save um, sort of like puberty till next time because i think i i'm i'm liking this subject very very much and i'd like people just to digest everything you said and well, you know w- when you said about uh children should be introduced their food individually and separate that obviously like that's just common sense isn't it really at the end of the day and we are missing common sense we are missing common sense like we've not we're missing the flu we're missing pneumonia and we're missing common sense as well so we need to bring all of this back let's just let's just rewind start thinking sensible and yeah you're you're so right Clive you're so right it's that 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 food the bit with it with with the weaning and introducing food separately then you know but you don't you know anyway okay uh, you make dishes up and then you're blending them and you're putting your, your rice with some vegetables and blah 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 in the blender t- to make your baby food But then, yeah, you don't know what they don't like. Anyway. Um, okay. so, Clive, I'm going to be opening. uh, We've got a shop. Obviously, people can go to CliveDeCarle.com. You've got the secret health club. Um, What kind of products for the young ones should we just whip over uh, as a list? Um, Just had your baby, brought your baby home. Okay, you're going to just be natural breastfeeding everything. But when it's time to come to, you've weaned them any supplements that children should take to keep them healthy or will their immune system do the job? Uh,
1: Well, when they're young, assuming the mum is well fed and breastfeeding, then they should have, they should be doing pretty well. You know, hopefully they don't, you know, when, if mum is healthy, then the breastfed baby should be healthy. I I think that that's fairly clear. But once, uh, once you start getting into weaning uh you want to think well what 200 years ago at this time of year in this country what would there have been to feed the baby what what would we have had because we wouldn't have had a supermarket or a means of transport necessarily we would have been growing it it would have been seasonal and local so what would it be well you know this time of year uh you probably what are you finding well not a lot um there are lots of green there's lots of green stuff to eat shoots lots of i'm looking for so we probably would have been relying at some point it uh, on a lot of animal products this time we'd be eating eggs galore i would suggest i think we'd be stuffing ourselves on eggs at this time of year um there are other times of year where it would be the root vegetables you know we'd be eating a lot of root vegetables you know the early versions of carrots and so on uh but i think i think we were hunters you know, most primitive societies lived by the sea because it's so easy. There's always fish in the sea, no matter what the weather. And a lot of people live by rivers, again, fish. And, you know, it's freezing cold. Nothing is growing for months. The ground is rock hard. You can't even dig it. Well, animals, your way to keep warm and to survive. I think, um, you know, I mean... Makes sense. I stopped eating meat myself for 25 years. I did not eat meat for 25 years. But now I'm eating meat because I realised that you know, one cow, for example, um, would last one person for a year, in theory, if that was the way things worked. Whereas for a vegan, when you plow a field, you're killing millions of, of insects, microbes, worms, beetles, millions. And they say once um, a field is ploughed once, then it can take a hundred or thousands of years to repair the damage because pl- ploughing kills almost everything in the soil. You do that every year. And you know no wonder the, the insects are missing, generally speaking. So I think people need to wake up. But when the government wants you to go vegan, hang on a minute, is this good for your health? And there are healthy vegans, but there are lots that aren't. All the vegans I know, all of them that have been at it long term, uh, stopped. All of them, I
0: very- know somebody, uh, uh, she's an uh, a natural hygienist, and she's she's been on the show, Gina, and she is uh, she's always been lifelong vegan. Um, you know, she's even uh, the, the animals are even vegan, which I just don't think's right, but anyway, uh. She has terrible trouble with her B vitamins, and she's also, you know, when the very elderly they end up getting that hump on their bridge and they're leaning forward. She's very much like that, and she's only in her fifties.
1: But you know, she needs to wake up. You know, eighty percent of the land, the agri eighty percent of the land that a cow can graze on is useless for agriculture. Eighty percent of it. So. You know, we we want diversity. We want, we want to save the wildlife, save the species. Then vegans have stopped got to stop being so selfish, because they're wiping out species. It's it. You know, look at the rainforest being cut down for uh, soya. Now cows love love living in forests. They they love living in forests. You don't have to cut the forest down to create prairies of grass or something. Those exist naturally. You know, for for the most part, you know, They say, oh, but the methane. The cows are farting don't be ridiculous look, look at a lorry going past look at a cow's backside it's obvious where the pollution is coming from obvious it's not me yeah. it's you know, we're being conned you know
0: totally by this left-wing progressive left-wing lunacy absolute lunacy well listen clive i think that's enough for today if we're OK to go into puberty, puberty, the teenage years, uh, and then into adult life. Um, but those times between the puberty, you know, it's tough times for teens. It's a really tough time for teenagers. No one understands you. Your parents think you're mad. You can't stand your parents. Your parents are fussing. Your mates want you out. It's not, uh, you know. It's not a fun time, uh, and especially kind of coming up to exams as well. We've got to look at uh, the concentration for 16-year-olds as well. I know my son, who is now 15, my little Jack, um, he's missed out on a year and a half of college. He's doing his GCSEs supposedly this year, which have now been cancelled. So I want to look at sort of like the stress around the puberty age and what kids what kids go through at this time next if that's okay with you next yeah, uh, yeah. Next yeah time super important
1: subject and there there i, I think yeah. we'll come up with several answers to all of that
0: i hope so because that at, at this age at the puberty age they've got their exam stress and you do worry you know i i, I worry about both of mine my daughter's absolutely hard as nails highly super intelligent uh very witty uh she's it's fine I do worry a bit a little bit more about Jack uh especially now he's lost these nearly two years of his education supposed to be doing GCSEs they've cancelled he's he's now getting stressed and you don't, don't want a 15 year old 16 year old he's not even 16 yet. he's got a month or two to go uh being stressed like that Clive but you know, they have such pressure put them on the school or they've got to do well at their exams. They're not going to have a future. Well, they haven't going to be doing any exams. They're all canceled and it's going on. Of... But, but,
1: uh, that's a lie that the idea they put about that if you don't get your exams, you'll have I know. It's a lie. It's total fiction. Nobody's ever asked me to, to, to see my credentials. Like nobody ever. The fact that, I, you know, that I've got O-levels or not is immaterial because people hire people on their personality their demeanor how friendly they are you know they don't hire them because they've got o-level geography yes. gse and mathematics i mean they don't you know i mean some some jobs yeah if, if it's mathematics well, it's mathematics but most vast majority of jobs your qualifications are immaterial totally yeah, you know, exactly. kids are conned yeah
0: well, I don't know. I mean, now, I must say, the future, they, they, they now just look at social media. And if you're LGBTQ BLM supporters, uh, et cetera, et cetera, you get a job with instance. And if you're against those things and you speak up with your values, they won't employ you. It's not very nice.
1: But United yeah. Airways in the States have now said that half their staff will be black or ethnic minorities, half. I mean, you know, it's racist.
0: Totally racist. <laughs> totally racist. Um, right, I must go on that note. The Daxon's giving the, uh, the, the the nod. So right. we will be back uh, next Tuesday, same time. And we'll be doing uh, the More Good Life Health Show. And we, we will also be looking into <coughs> adolescence health. I do too, too apologise with the, the noise of the dog. So uh, if you like what we're doing, please take a look at the website, lukehollins.uk. Today, I'm starting to load some products into the shops. I have some of Clive's products going into there. Um, there'll be the Sands, the spray that we talked about a couple of weeks ago and uh, T-shirts and things on their way. So that shop will be up. If you're liking what Clive's doing, please take a look at clive.carl.com where you can join his secret health club uh are you going to be doing any events this year clive having people over you know you used to do like put on little weekends didn't you health weekends is there anything like that on the cards for this year or have you just paused everything
1: um well um i'd like to do something like that again because i enjoy you know having let's say 30 40 people or something in a room where one can just ask loads of questions and bounce off each other and yeah, I, I enjoy that. Uh, I don't, don't know what the rules. I don't know what you're allowed to do at the moment, or you know. I mean, they, they change. You can't trust. You can't trust them. They lie about everything. Oh, you it's can okay. go. You go on holiday. Just take take this poison and stick something nasty up your nose, and you'll be able to go on holiday. No.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, just just lies. Oh. Lie. I wish we could wake people up, but most yeah, you know, I mean every people I listen am
0: trying. To... I've been I've yeah. been trying to do that for the last twelve years, Clive. Like...
1: <laughs> but it's harder now than it was then.
0: Oh tell me about it. Well, I'm... I don't know. Actually, <laughs> there have been a lot of newbies waking up to this and they can see things. So I don't know i don't know yeah. anyway on that note <laughs> we're going to leave it there because we, otherwise we'll be here for another six hours guys thank you so much if you'd like to support the show please check out new and uh, we do appreciate all the donations we're getting in thank you so so much uh back tomorrow thanks guys
2: jump in your game. Hello, I love you, won't you tell me your name? Hello, I love you, let me jump in your game. She holds her head so high, like a statue in the sky. Her arms are wicked and her legs are long. When she moves, my brain screams out there,